You have to understand that we left an area that was between 90 to 100 degrees Fahrenheit, and the humidity was almost unbearable, to an instant chilly damp, 60 degrees Fahrenheit. Burr, it was so cold that I could not wait to get inside the airport, to get warm and that gallon of water had kicked in too. 300 or more soldiers had the exact same idea. For some reason, the plane and its crew will not let you use the bathroom on the ground or while ascending or descending. If you have to go, you have to go. I will never understand that. I guess it will remain a mystery to me. It was time to board back on the plane and we were ready for the final trip. For some reason, you are ready to reach your destination a lot sooner when you have just flown a total of nine or ten hours in a cramped compartment and you can only adjust the seat so many times before the person behind you asks that you stop. What about some of them talking and a few are trying to talk louder and then other people try to talk louder until someone has to tell them, at ease! That is a military term to more or less tell personnel shut up or you are going to be in big trouble. We then heard the pilot announce that we are going to land soon and that the seats need to be upright and the trays put back in the upright position. We were headed to a Muslim nation and they prayed five times a day toward Mecca, their holy city. It did not matter where they were at. They would stop what they were doing and pray, even if they were driving. They had seven different types of secret police to make sure they obeyed Muslim law. When we landed at the airport, we all cheered and we started climbing down the stairs and picking up our equipment. We were told some customs and courtesies. These are the only ones I remember. First, you do not offer your left hand to shake with their hands. Apparently, in this country, that is a major offense to them. They only use this hand for when they go to the bathroom. I could see why that might offend someone. You do not want to show the OK sign with your finger and thumb making a circle. This just meant that you gave them the evil eye. And the other thing that I remember is that at no point in time do you show them the bottom of your feet. This means that they are not worth the dirt that you walk on. For the men, you could not look upon a woman, especially if she was married. This meant that you had committed adultery. The penalty is simple. Your eyes would either be put out or you would be relieved of your masculinity and become a eunuch. If you were caught stealing, your right hand would be cut off. Remember what I said about the left hand? For a woman being over in Saudi Arabia was different. They could not go anywhere unless they were covered from head to toe and the only thing you could see was their eyes. They could not go anywhere without proper escort. This means a chaperone, and that could be a problem in some areas. The command sergeant major said, At ease! We all stopped what we were doing and listened to what he had to say. The command sergeant major said for us to straighten up, keep in step with the person in front of you, and not to be looking around. Just march ahead and we will be arriving at our quarters. We all did what the command sergeant major asked us to do. We finally found out why. There were camera crews out there filming us as we marched by. There were still a lot of veterans from Vietnam on active duty that did not like the press because of some of the reports that came back to the United States during that war and the people back home protesting. A veteran could not walk down the streets in uniform without someone spitting on them or calling them names. This was not the case here in Saudi Arabia. The press was really nice. General Schwarzkopf was a lieutenant in Vietnam. He made sure that a public affairs officer went with every reporter to ensure their safety in this environment. He also wanted us to be as comfortable as possible and assigned us tents to sleep in and get accustomed to the environment. We were marched to our tents and were told this would be temporary or about 10 days until our tanks arrived. Each tank commander was given 9mm ammunition for himself and his crew. It was a sweltering 139 degrees Fahrenheit during the day and because sand does not hold heat, it would drop down to 40 or 50 degrees Fahrenheit at night. Well, at 12 o'clock noon or 2 o'clock p.m. was the hottest time of the day and we were told to stand down. This meant rest because it was too doggone hot to do anything else. 
A lot of us wrote letters home, drank water, and ate MREs, meals ready to eat. There was one thing we had to do that was unpleasant, but it needed to be done. Latrine duty. Like anywhere, there are the proverbial rumors that one might hear. I try basing everything on fact and not fiction. Rumors always cause a quandary. What ones are true and which ones are not? For instance, we would hear that we are going to war, and the first thing we knew the first sergeant or captain would say, No, we are not going to war. Later, there was a rumor about a lieutenant who discharged his 9mm pistol while everyone was lying down in the tent. The bullet did not hit anyone and nobody denied this action or confirmed it. The lieutenant was seen the next day in charge of a Konex, which had PX, post-exchange, supplies where soldiers can buy necessities. Apparently, he had been reassigned. Another piece of scuttlebutt, which is an open cask of drinking water where soldiers would tell tales or rumors, and today it would be called hanging out at the water cooler was when two Marines were arguing about the accuracy of the light anti-tank weapon.